ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or if you have ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do that is by email. You can email us at ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. That's S. F as in Sioux Falls, not San Francisco, just to be clear. Um, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Um, today, I am joined in studio by my guest, Cameo Anders. Hi, Cameo. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me. Uh, happy to have you here. It's been three years and two days since you were on Ignition last. Yes. and Don't, I, take, don't take it personally. I, I don't. Okay. I came back, so okay. it must have been okay. <laughs> yes. yes, it's been too long, actually. So Cameo and I are going to be talking today about um, uh, an encyclical letter, and we'll explain what that means, um, by St. John Paul II. So the Pope who died, boy, it's been almost 15 years. Yeah, that seems Holy crazy. cow, um, since he passed away. But fides et means which means faith and reason. So we're going to be talking about the relationship between faith and reason. And actually, this is going to be a first, the first part of a two-parter. So um, this week, we're going to start the conversation, and we'll wrap it up next week. But before we... And then the reason why, I should say, why are we talking about this? Because too often... Um, Faith and reason are seen as opposed to one another, but one of the the things that I love about our Catholic faith is that, in fact, they are supremely complementary of one another, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit today. But in case you've never listened to Ignition before, again, my name is Dr. Chris Bergwald. I'm the Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls, been in that role since September 1st of 2002, so... Um, a little over 17 years as, as you're listening to this, um, if you're listening to it live. I mean, who knows? If you're listening to this centuries from now, I'm long gone. Pray for me. Anyway, uh, more importantly, uh, married to Jermaine for 20 plus years, and we have five kids. Um, Jermaine's from Ohio. I'm from Central Minnesota, but all of our kids are born and raised in East River Sioux Falls, unlike my guest. Cameo, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, yes, and just to you know, respond to that, I think there is a cultural difference between East and West. So both my husband and I are from West. Yes, River. so I've heard. I, yes. Um, so a little bit about myself. I am an at-home mom. I have four kids, and I also am an attorney. So sometimes that seems weird to put those two together, <laughs> but they do work. Um, so I practice in the area of business, real estate wills and trusts. I also, my passion is in bioethics. So that's been a fun sort of extension of what I've done mm-hmm. lately. Um, let's see. I recently received a master's in bioethics and theology, and I have a certificate from the National Catholic Bioethics Center. So um, this topic today, faith and reason, really gets at the heart of you know what law tries to do, what ethics tries to do, what pretty much every discipline or profession tries to accomplish, um, you know, reaching the, the truth in that area. Um, I, I, I just think this is such a perfect foundation for every area of life. So Great. I'm excited to talk about it Great. with you. Um, education. So you have a law oh, degree. 
I do. I have a law degree. Um, I went to univer- I graduated from University of Dallas. I I um, went to a couple different schools, but uh, thanks to the generosity Traitor. of my parents. <laughs> Traitor. What am I mean by that? Right. I, why, why are you a traitor? Do you know? Do you know why you're a traitor? I'm not sure. What Where'd you start at? Or, or, oh, I I did start at University of Steubenville. Yes, you did, and so, you left. <laughs> <sighs> but I took advantage of their Austria program, which was wonderful. If and then you ever left. Asks, I would definitely direct them back there. <laughs> go to the Austria program, and then go to Dallas after that. Whatever, cameo. <laughs> why am I having you on? This is this is why it's been three years. That's I remember <laughs> You're now. Still mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> So, so University of Dallas, Catholic school. Maybe people people might be familiar yep. with the, with the Catholic, Catholic yep. University in Dallas. Uh, which theology degree there? Uh, political philosophy. Political philosophy, and then law degree. But now you have a certificate in bioethics and masters in theology. Yeah, masters in theology, bioethics. Um, so, from um, uh, online. Well, so from. <laughs> Holy Apostles Holy Seminary, Apostle Seminary in, in Connecticut. Connecticut, yep. Yeah. So basically, this is all. The, the goal here is to get as many name letters after your name as possible. Yeah, it, it that, really makes it, my about. name look better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So uh, enough about the letters after your name and mine. We won't talk about the letters after my name. Um, Fides et ratio. This is an encyclical letter. So um, a, a teaching letter um, by St. John Paul II on the relationship between faith and reason. Um, before we get into today, into the sort of the the nuts and bolts, the nitty gritty of, of how we're going to talk about this this document today, why is it important? Cam, we, we t- we've touched on it already, but like if you were talking, so maybe there's somebody out there who um they're catholic um they go to mass but they're hearing us talk about a church document why should he or she read this document okay you know so you use the word relationship between faith and reason and if we look at like the the basic building blocks of who we are it's relational so whether there's that relational um, sense within ourselves between, you know, our, our mind and our emotions mm. and our, you know, so we'll call that, you know, our, our intellect and has to relate to our will that's going to make the choices and our, our passions that are going to either love or hate those choices. You know, so internally, there's a relational trinity that exists within us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then externally. What, what, and, and what is it again? Tell me one more that the three quote-unquote, persons of the internal trinity? Okay, so... Intellect, will, and emotions, was that it? Intellect, will, and and passions. Passions. I, you know, I'll inter- okay. change them with emotions, but that's probably not, like, uh, you know, John Paul II might yell at me for that. Okay, um, okay. But, no, so <laughs> He's I... He's praying for you right now. <laughs> he is. So, intellect, will, passions. And, okay. you know, for those of you out there who um, recognize those, you know, the, those are the three powers of the soul. So, internally, the three powers of our soul need to be in relationship. Yeah. Um, so then go externally. So hold on. Sorry. Okay. No, so, go. um, so to be well integrated, I mean, yeah. so, so like there's not this opposition, internal opposition between, um, what I believe as a Catholic, but what my reason tells me. Sure. Yeah. So internal opposition, like, you know, let's start more foundational. I love brownies. I want to just eat a whole pan, but my intellect is saying you're going to be sick and that's not going to be healthy to eat brownies for breakfast every day. 
you know, so so my intellect is going to give me some objective knowledge, mm-hmm. some objective truth that says this is a healthy breakfast. And my passions might say, well, I, I don't quite love that. But then my will is going to choose. It's going to it's going to receive that knowledge from the intellect. And it's going to then also receive that, you know, passion, that love, uh, you know, the passions are meant to love what the intellect presents to the will so that that will can make a a well-informed choice. Yep. So if, um, you know, if I don't have that knowledge or if my passions have gone crazy and, you know, rule over my will, then I'm, I don't have an order to that internal relationship. Okay. Okay. Um, so, into, so the, the passions say, mmm, brownies. Um, they're Homer Simpson. No, I don't know. I, I'm gonna, I don't know the Simpsons well enough to make this work. The intellect says brownies are good, but not too much. Sure, yeah. And the will makes the decision. Yeah. Okay. And I, and I think every choice we make, that's the process that goes on within us. Every choice says, okay, what is that? objective good that I'm striving for. And then internally, how do I sub, you know, subjectively um, absorb that and make a decision based on it and love that decision, you know, it's, and, and so with that, like this encyclical that we talk about today, it, it gives us that guidance for every choice we're going to make in life. So first of all, that's why it's useful because it just identifies something that we do daily. every minute of the day. Um, okay. So that's the internal. Yeah. And you you, and I kept stopping you because you kept wanting to talk about the external. Like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so now what, what's the external? Okay. So externally even be, you know, so, so every choice we make, this is going to be useful, <clears throat> but then externally we constantly look at not just what we are inside, but where we're going. We wonder, <clears throat> excuse me, at the world around us. We wonder at who we are, um, and, and this isn't just a, a Catholic wonder or a Christian wonder or a religious wonder. This is innate. A human wonder. Human, yeah. Yep. And so this encyclical talks about that wonder. Okay. Like where does that wonder lead and what is the journey that it goes on? So in some ways to me, um, that, that wonder and, and, and that wonder is at the heart of, and, and I don't want to lose people here, but the heart of philosophy. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not like academic abstruse, 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 abstruse philosophy, um, but philosophy in the sense that every human being is a philosopher where we wonder about the world mm-hmm. around us and ask questions. Maybe maybe we did it, only did it when it was a ch- we were a child and we sort of then tampered or deadened that, that, that wonderment, that that asking why, but that is part of what it means to be human, mm-hmm. to look at the world around us and wonder yeah. about it, yeah. to be, to, to experience wonder, but then to wonder. Yeah. So to me, in some ways, JP, to, John Paul is like a being a philosopher by training. Um, in some ways, this is his most philosophical encyclical, I think. Okay. I wouldn't. You're going to go with me on that or are you going to disagree? I, I don't disagree. You don't. That's oh boy, a good. A that's lawyer. a lawyer answer. That no, way, you know. Right. <laughs> oh, fine. Okay. So. No, um, I'll agree. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I am the host. Remember. <laughs> 
Okay, so the way that this is a long document, so Cameo and I are not going to, I'm not going to do an interview with you where I'm not going to ask you to talk about everything in it because we'd be here forever. Although I think you'd be, you would be fine with that. Um, we, we decided how we're going to break this up is, is talk about a couple, a few pairs of words, a few phrases um, that go together and are a great key to unlock this document. But both Cameo and I really want to encourage you, if, if by the end of today's episode, hopefully you're intrigued, read the encyclical. Mm-hmm. Um, don't just take our word for it. Read the document itself, right? Yes. And I'm going to say read it, but be gentle on yourself. Read it with your uh, cell phone next to you so you can look up you know, every other word because it, it really is a a completely different language. Um, you know, it's philosophy and theology and it's, it's difficult, but it, it's challenging and um, exciting because it's such a beautiful way to explain what we all internally look for and externally. Amen. Amen. And, and again, if, if you know, at the top of the show um, and I'll say at the bottom of the show as well, if you have, I always say, if you have questions about today's episode, so I like cameo love this document. So truly if um, have your cell phone by you, but be, be free, be free, feel free to shoot me an email ignition at sfcatholic.org with any specific questions that you have about that document, and I'd be happy to try to answer them. So if you are just tuning in to ignition, this is a broadcast of the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. I'm here today with Cameo Anders, um, and we just sort of set the stage for a conversation about St. John Paul II's document, Faith and Reason, or the Latin title, Fides et Ratio. So as I was just saying, um, Cameo, we're going to get into this by talking about uh, a couple different phrases. So what's the first phrase, the first pair of words we're going to talk about? So the first that strikes me is how grace perfects nature. So we sort of talked about our human nature a little bit with those, you know, those three things, our, our intellect and our will and our passions, um, those three powers of the soul. And, and we know that our body or our person is made up of, you know, body and soul, those two things um, together as mm-hmm. one. And so kind of trying to understand what human nature is, you know, that's a big topic for, right. uh, we're not going to, you know, <laughs> chew on it a we're, little bit today, yeah, but yeah. Um, we won't. What, we, that's that's another way to say it. what does it mean to be human. So the nature yeah. of a thing is what what kind of a thing is this, and what are the characteristics of that thing, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And the second word with that is is grace. So I think grace is sometimes thrown around as like a you know comfortable blanket um, that sort of covers us over, but grace is a powerful activator that actually transforms mm. us. And so we as human, we have these elements that are, are necessary. They're essential to who we are as human. We have our body and our soul um, and these, you know, intellect, will and passions. And um, they start to identify, you know, who are we as human? But they fall short every time because of our human nature, right. our fallen human nature. Yep. And so grace, that life of God within us, which we receive through the sacraments, um, that actually perfects our human nature. It actually, like, you know, reorders our intellect, will, and passions to work in uh, congruency with each other, or mm-hmm. you know, to to work in a well-ordered way. Um, it it takes who we are, and so I'll use the example of a snowball. Um, 
If Which is fitting. By the way, <sighs> Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and Blessed Epiphany oh, to you. So... So, All right, so so snowball. The other, wait, 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 because you, I loved your metaphors uh, a little bit ago because it's early January right now, and, and we are recording this a little bit early. So um, I'm presuming there's still some snow on the ground as you're listening to this. Um, if we're cold, we can we can put a blanket around ourselves. Mm-hmm. But the better thing is for us to generate heat to keep ourselves warm, Ooh, right? Yes. So grace, nice. mm-hmm. grace isn't so much the blanket as it is the the internal furnace. Okay, right? Yeah, I like that activator as opposed to mm-hmm. comforter. I mean, it does comfort us, but yeah. but active. I love I, anyway. So snowball, appropriate metaphor. Oh, okay. Go. All right. So. Um, yeah, so we're in South Dakota. Obviously, we know what winter looks like, but we also know, okay, winter comes along, then the snow melts and it, you know, the it's mud and it's it's gunk and it's and sometimes unfortunately, that's us as human. Mm. Um, you know, it we're we're gunky, dirty mud in our sinfulness. Um, and there's an idea that grace is like the snow that just covers Towards over yep. that yep. gunk. Yep. Um, but that's not the nope. Catholic idea. It's not just a covering over and we remain the, you know. The gunk. Yeah, the gunk. Or the, the manure as the original <laughs> yes. metaphor has. Yeah, the yes. dung pile. Yes. Um, you know, so we don't we don't remain that that pile of kind of useless ugliness. Grace comes and it actually, instead of covers us over with snow, it transforms yes. us into a snowball. Yep. I'm sure John Paul II <laughs> would be proud of that and you know <laughs> analogy. Um <laughs> But yeah, it it completely transforms any of that ugly dirtiness that's in us into that sparkling, bright, perfect right. that we can be with grace and that we can be in Christ. So that's why we say, so again, the phrase grace perfects nature. Um, it doesn't just cover over us and our faults to make us look pretty. Mm-hmm. It makes us into this. So the technical, one of the technical terms is we're divinized by, we're made like God because grace is God's own life. So especially sacramental grace, when we're baptized, uh, confirmed, receive Holy communion. Every time we go to mass, um, reconciliation, um, we're fed with, we're, 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 we're given sanctifying grace, sacramental grace, which continually perfects us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so a um, couple more minutes on this phrase. Then Ooh, tying this back, so th- that that connection. How does that relate to the encyclical? So okay, wh- why yeah, are you? Question. Why am I talking about? Yeah, snow and dung. <laughs> um, because because <laughs> it's January and yeah. Um, because this encyclical talks about a metaphysical reality of who we are. So if we think of, you know, it's easy to see, touch, taste, hear the physical realities around us. Um, And then, you know, with religion, we often just think of that supernatural reality. Um, So, but there's there's another reality that this this encyclical addresses aside from just the supernatural and the physical reality that are sort of like ever present. Um, It's this, metaphysical reality, um, like the truth of, excuse me, who we are as human beings. And the truth of who we are as human beings has to include the perfecting power of grace. Okay. Um, Because we're not just that ugliness that sometimes exists in our sinfulness. We are the full potential. Um, we, We are the nature that can be perfected. 
So, um, so I want to go back to metaphysical just mm-hmm. to, to clear in case, keep, case in case people are wondering, are you talking about Olivia Newton John? No, that was let's get let's like okay, never mind. Um, <laughs> I, I do want to burst into song right now. But I'm do, not gonna do, okay. Um, so. Our nature is what we are. So both you and I are human beings, but we're different. I mean, you have, I think, brown eyes. I've got bluish eyes. You're a woman. I'm a man, et cetera, et cetera. We're different height, shape, weight, size, et cetera. And yet we are the same in our essence. We're the same thing. Mm -hmm. That thing is our nature. We both share human nature. And yet to be human means to be perfectible by grace. Yeah. And you use the word divinized, which I, I like. I think it's it's complex to understand what that means, but that it, it's a process. It's a process where grace perfects us, and then you know we fail again because we're human, and, mm-hmm. and God continuously offers that perfecting grace. He continuously gives it to us. I mean, you're a parent. I'm a parent. I I definitely get exhausted when I have to continuously, you know, transform my children each time. They, <laughs> I'm perfecting you, dang it. <laughs> and, but God never gets exhausted Amen. with giving us Amen. that grace. Amen. All right. So, Kimmy, I want to, I want to, I'm going to give you some power here. Okay. okay. Um, so we've got about uh, six minutes left in today's episode. Do you want to keep going with grace perfects nature or do you want to um, get into the second phrase? Okay. What to do? Yeah. What to do? Well, let's, um, let's get into it a little bit and okay. then maybe even okay. continue with it. Sounds um, good. So the second is faith and reason. So with Grace perfecting nature. We have this, you know, grace coming from God, um, something higher or transcended above who we are. Yep. Um, so faith and reason. Then, you know, reason can. I'm going to start at the the lower element of reason. Human reason can get us to know God, mm-hmm. but it's perfected because our reason is is imperfect as humans. We don't know everything. Our reason is... I, I, I do, actually. Oh, okay. yeah. All of other us lower humans, that's what I meant to say. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, God gives us this, another gift, the gift yep. of faith, which is sort of... Um, this gift of faith, which I'm going to use, John, I'm going to steal and completely misuse John Paul II. But, you know, if reason is is the ocean up to the um, reef, yep. you know, it doesn't break and stop and not transcend that. Oh. Faith comes in and takes that ship over the reef and into the sea, the oh. pool, you know. And so maybe we end there with the idea that faith doesn't oppose reason. It takes reason out into the wide open. Transcendent we're, we're, reality. <laughs> we're, he doesn't. We're, he doesn't talk about reefs. That's not I, in here. It's in there somewhere. Reefs. Reefs are in here. Yeah. Okay. See, I I I only brought the paper copy into studio. I should have brought my computer to look that up. You would be googling. Yes. I'm going to fact check you uh, before next week cameo. Okay. Okay. I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. Okay. So so faith perfects reason. So we again we. We we have this this ability to know to know everything the world around us ourselves, um, but faith perfects it because yeah of course none of us um, know 
everything. Frankly, what we do know, we don't even know fully. We don't fully comprehend anything that we perceive, that we understand. Mm -hmm. Faith helps us. Um, It perfects our reason, right? Yes, and faith sort of processes divine reason for us. So. So when, you know, we have our, our... Right. So faith doesn't really tell us about like uh, geography or biology. Right. It's it's about matters of faith, divine reason. Yeah. So knowledge. with the other one I used, you know, <clears throat> snowball, um, I'll use a light bulb here. I'm sure John Paul used that somewhere. Um, but, you know, and actually it's a it's a light that that illuminates. So mm. our there's a human light, you know, that our reason can is illuminated by our human intellect, but then the divine reason is another light that illuminates. And, and so, um, you know, faith is that, I'm going to call it that, you know, connector point between the divine reason and the human reason. Sure. Um, and it, you know, our, our human reason won't fully grasp divine reason. And so faith says, I don't know completely, but I trust. Yes. And, it brings us up to that. It as- we ascent to that higher. So faith served because I trust God. It sort of opens a conduit, if you will, by which what God knows, so divine mm-hmm. knowledge, yeah. flows into our human intellect, our human knowledge. So we can say, this is true, not because I fully comprehend it, let alone or perceive it, let alone comprehend it, mm-hmm. but because I, I know God, I trust him, and he has revealed that it's true. Yeah, and it's not blind. It's not a blind trust. Faith fully relies on human reason. And so the most perfect human reason will have the, you know, faith needs a complete human reason. Um, we've got a couple minutes left, Cameo. Just, just take, so grace perfects nature, faith perfects reason. So what? So what? So what? Like, what is this? Just to tie this this first episode on Fides et Ratio up, um, uh, to, to make an epiphany gift out of it. <laughs> okay. Um, what does this matter for the ordinary Catholic Christian human who's listening to us right now? Right. So since the beginning of time, the human person has been searching for what am I? Who am mm-hmm. I? Why am I? And and human intellect only gets us to a certain level. And so even the ancient Greek philosophers, they got to that level, they knew that God exists, that he was the first cause of all things, but they didn't know that he was Trinity. They didn't know that Christ could incarnate himself. Yep. Um, and so why does this matter? Because we can only get so far on our own with who am I? And that is a question that everyone asks themselves. Mm. And if we don't allow grace to perfect us, if we don't um, allow faith to perfect reason, we are stuck with this ambiguous, um, I'm going to say opinion, we're enslaved to our own limitations. Mm. And so true freedom, which I think we're going to talk about in a little bit, only comes when we're able to rise above who we are and see the big picture of what we're created to be. The little bit meaning, you know, a week from now is when we're going to talk about it. (laughs) Yes. so what I love about that then is the 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 Catholic Christian uh, proposal is not that faith um, shelves or dominates reason, not that grace wipes out nature, but that both perfect mm-hmm. the other. Yeah, great. So 
Cameo Anders, thank you for being here today. Um, we're, we're, this is part one of our two-part series on John Paul II's encyclical letter, Faith and Reason, Fides et Ratio, the relationship between faith and reason. And we will be back next week with part two. Thanks, Cameo. Yeah, thanks for having me. And that will wrap up this, this episode of Ignition. Again, email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, ignition at sfcatholic.org, with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.